Welcome to your digital reputation. Here's your host, Roger Christie. Hello, and thanks for joining us. My name's Roger Christie, founder of digital reputation advisory firm Propel. Today, we're looking at how can leaders get comfortable online? So right up front, let me address the elephant in the room. Leaders or even advisors, if you're listening today, if you're on social media simply because someone told you to be there, because your competitors are on social media, or because someone is writing and engaging on your behalf, you're actually putting your reputation and career prospects at real risk. From our work with leaders over the years, the one thing that consistently creates more risk than anything else online, more than controversial topics, more than typos, and and even more than trolling, is a lack of purpose. It means you get drawn into the wrong conversations. It means you can say the wrong things or offend important stakeholders or, you know, worse still, end up on mainstream media for all the wrong reasons. So never hop online without a plan and without a clear purpose. Your purpose is powerful. It says a hell of a lot about who you are, what you stand for, and why others would want to be part of your mission. Online just happens to be the single best way to give your purpose scale. Something my guest today knows all too well from her own journey. Shirley Chowdhury is currently a non-executive director on the boards of the Australian Associated Press and the Royal Australian Institute of Architects, and is chair of the advisory board of Octodoc, a medtech startup. She's been regional council Asia-Pacific for JP Morgan and a CEO for the Go Foundation. She's also a former client colleague, mentor, dear friend, and all-round rare human being. And for many reasons, but the one reason I really want to focus in on today is because that she's one of the few leaders who is incredibly intentional with all her actions and choices online, as I'm sure you'll learn through our conversation today. So Shirley, thank you so much for joining the Your Digital Reputation podcast. Thanks, Roger. I think I should leave now. Nothing's going to beat that introduction. (laughs) I'd like to say you right now, just joking. We, we, we've got a long history, Cheryl, and it's, it's one of those great privileges when you get a chance to chat with someone like yourself on the show. So really appreciate you taking time. And I know people are going to get a lot from the conversation today for no other reason than the fact that what you say, I'm sure, will be authentic, will be honest, and people are going to learn a lot that they can reflect on themselves. So if, if we can start there, I think this is a really important question for a lot of people, and it's something that I know you've grappled with. It's something that we talked about in those early days as well. How can leaders get comfortable online? Oh, it's a. We, how many hours did we spend talking about that topic? I think, I think it's a process, and I think it's a journey, and everyone needs to be prepared to take baby steps to get there. I think there are some people who. Are, for social, for them, social media is not a daunting prospect. They just jump on and they start. But for me, it was, I, I looked around at what people were doing, what my friends were doing, what lead, you know, famous leaders were doing. And I didn't love everything I saw. I found it quite intimidating. And I didn't see anyone do social media in the way that I was 100% comfortable with. I was comfortable with lots of different parts of lots of different people. But it wasn't until I worked out how to do social in a way that was authentic to me that I became comfortable with it. And that's what I would say to anybody else grappling with the same question is go and look and learn and listen 
for as long as you need to, to start to formulate a view in your own mind about what your social purpose is. Isn't that funny? Because I feel like there'd be a lot of people listening or, or people who may have be having these sorts of conversations at the moment who might not feel that they have the time, the luxury of time to do that. The, the, the reason they might be thinking about this question now is because it's been thrust upon them. And and I completely agree with you, that idea of listening before talking. It's the same, it's a basic principle of life. You can't communicate if you don't understand the, the context and the needs and the interests and the passions and the beliefs and all that sort of stuff of the audience you're speaking to. And therefore, listening is key. But I feel like a lot of people go into social media, leaders in particular, thinking, what do I have to say, which is a very different, you know, environment. So how did you make the time to listen? What were your reflections there? I think you made me is the short answer. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, the truth is that um, we all play in social media like whether it's you go into LinkedIn and you just scroll the page constantly or whether you go to Twitter and just scroll the page I think what people forget is that every time you interact with social whatever your preferred platform is every time you go in and move the page or scroll through something or linger on something you are giving a message back to that algorithm and so for me it once I realized that Um, it changed the way I wanted to interact with it because I didn't want the algorithm deciding what was important to me because I was unintentionally doing something and engaging with social. And so what I started to do, and again, um, all my, a lot of my learning comes from you, Rog. So, but what I started to do was put five minutes in the diary, um, three times a week. And for those five minutes, I would be intentional about how I looked at social. So I became much more aware on my preferred platform these days is LinkedIn because I feel like I can be more intentional with it as opposed to Twitter. But I started to be intentional about which posts I actually stopped and read, which ones I, you know, you have that see more at the top of a LinkedIn post, which ones I clicked to see more on, which people's profiles I dropped into. And I just started to um, be more present when I was looking at social. And so I did it in small five-minute increments. Um, And, you know, it's one of those things I've recently had a period of time where it wasn't feasible for me to be on social. And so it just dropped out of my diary. I didn't do it. But now I'm ready to go back and I will go back but intentionally. So I think it's just understanding that every time you interact with social, you are sending a message to the algorithm. So how do you want that algorithm to see your your relationship with that platform? And I think importantly too, Shell, building on that, it's how do you want others to see you as, as a result? Because it's, you know, every, as you said, and we talk about this idea of digital footprints or digital fingerprints, you know, it's that, yeah, leaving those little um, messages and little signals out there to the world. And how you want people to perceive you is a reflection or you need to consider those micro actions that you're talking about, even dwelling on a post. I, the amount of conversations I've had with people over the years where we don't realize that even dwelling on something, even sitting there and reading a post and and looking at it with horror even and saying, gee, I can't believe such and such said that, that is sending a signal, as you said, to the algorithms. And that then is, you know, it makes it more likely 
for that content to appear in your feed next time and it reinforces the same frustrations. So you've got to be, as you're saying, intentional in those choices. But, and if I can challenge you here, and as I said, we obviously do, we've got a lot of context. I know that you didn't start there. And I know that you were, um, you know, as you said right at the start, a bit more reluctant in in your use of social media because of what you were seeing around you. So I think you've come a long way in terms of those five minutes, if I, if I can reflect on what you said there, those five minute increments. That's a really smart way to take small steps and, and incremental but progressive steps to build and, and build your comfort, but also to find your purpose. What changed for you? What was the thing that took you from that initial experience and reluctance to going, no, I am going to spend five minutes here that set you on the course for, well, as I said right at the, you know, in the introduction, what I would argue to be a very intentional and very purposeful use of social media? What changed? I think I realised that, and it was a learning through lots of those five-minute sessions and discussions with you and other people who are on social I think I realised that for me interacting on social was deeply connected to my own sense of authenticity. So I wanted to participate in social in a way that felt real to me and felt like I was being authentic regardless of what I was doing. And so looking at social through the lens of, you know, those people, what I was seeing when I first got on social was all those people who share everything. You know, we, the oversharers, they share the sunsets and the coffees and they like every post and they post everything and I knew that's not where I wanted to be. But then I started to drill down into who I was outside of social and what my message was. We don't talk about personal brand enough and I think I worked out what I wanted to say outside of social. So something that's really important to me is connecting people, place and purpose. So the boards I sit on, the consulting work I do, the mentoring I do, the speaking, that's the thing that connects everything. And so it made no sense for somebody who was all about connecting people, place and purpose and elevating other voices that didn't have a platform and didn't have a voice to then go into social and share everything about me that I wanted to share. Like there was a real um, conflict in those in those different approaches. And so I took my everyday approach onto social and I decided that whilst I am really uncomfortable talking about myself and sharing, and I can see you smiling because uh, we've had so many conversations about this, but I'm really uncomfortable talking about myself and promoting myself, but I am really comfortable at using my voice to talk about other people and to talk about things that I care about. So whether it's a, so I think to your question of how did I make that jump through all those five minute learning periods where I dipped into social, I was making a decision constantly about what is it I like that I see and what is it that I don't like and how can I create a sense of belonging for myself on this platform. So I feel like I am part of it, not just viewing it from the outside. And you know, ultimately, that's what we all want, right? We all just want to belong. We want to be able to take our authentic selves into whatever we are doing everywhere, whether it's a workplace or social media or a social function. We just all want to feel like we belong. And so for me, it was working out how that how I could formulate that in a way that was authentic to who I was 
not what I felt I needed to be because it was a social media platform, not a face-to-face conversation. It's interesting because one of the things that we often encourage our clients to do is to look to industry, look to other examples and and just see how others are using the environment and their own individual actions to help, I suppose, give them a reference point, give them a benchmark and, and examples to go, I like, I don't like, whatever it might be. But we encourage them to do that in a way to almost, um, from the outside, immerse themselves in the activity of others. What's interesting about your experience and, and where you kind of had that light bulb moment is that it was through that and seeing what you didn't like that led you to actually clarify what you did. And something you said in there, show, which I think is so important for people to hear listening today, it is not about your profile. And I think too often people think it is about the, the sunsets, the coffees, the example that you gave. It's all the things that I'm putting out into the world. I think too often leaders are told, they should focus on what they have to say and what you've touched on there in terms of that people, place and purpose and finding that clarity yourself. Yes, that's about what you're saying, but it is very much about your listening, who you're listening to, where you're getting ideas and inspiration from, and even just seeking out feedback from stakeholders on their attitudes to things. And it is also very much about your network. It's about the people that you have around you, as you said, giving a voice to others. Yes, that might be about posting, but it also might be a private message, a direct message that you send to someone behind the scenes to say, loved that post, good on you, keep going. It's got nothing to do with that big, you know, standing on the soapbox, beating your chest scenario that I think a lot of leaders perceive social media to be. So I love that. I think it's such an authentic story um, that, that people could learn a lot from. Oh, I think you've hit the nail on the head, Roger, because I think one of the things that we forget when we think about how we interact with social is what is the value that I am putting out into the world? And what is the what is the benefit to others of what I am about to say or share or do or comment on or like? Um, because <clears throat> like every conversation, social is ultimately a conversation or a set of conversations. And conversation shouldn't be one way. It is not just about self-promotion and putting myself out there. It is, I see social as more of an offering. What is my offering to the world? And how does this benefit or lend itself in service to something that somebody else is doing or seeing or part of? And if, I mean, wouldn't it be amazing if we all approached social from that perspective, like how beneficial it would be to so many people. It's, it's almost, I know we're having a conversation, I appreciate the irony of this, we're having a conversation about the need for social media. But for me, what you're saying and, and what I do believe is it's not about social media. It is absolutely about, as you were saying, what fires you up. If you're having a conversation about that, if you're focusing on that, social media and this idea of digital reputation that we're talking about these digital platforms and social media platforms, they're simply the most effective way to get scale and access today. They're the tools at your disposal, but put them to a side. If you can plug into that passion, choose the right tool for the job. So it's important that leaders stop and spend a moment reflecting on that personal passion, what motivates, what drives them, what is important, as you're saying, in terms of how you want the world to perceive you and, and what influence and what value you want to provide. Start there. Don't worry about the channels and tools for now. You'll pick that up as you go, as you have. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think you just talked about risk. 
that's where the risk lies for organisations and for boards and for individuals. Unintentional social engagement and um, social engagement that is not connected to your purpose or your organisation's purpose or your organisation's brand, that's what's going to land organisations in trouble. So how maybe um, risk is a really interesting and uh again, one of those things you can spend a lot of time talking about. So maybe we'll come back to risk, but I am interested to know as you did transition from that observing and, and, and perhaps not liking what you saw to having that moment of clarity and then being much more purposeful and intentional with your actions, if you can share with us and, and maybe not specific stories, but maybe just more generally, what have some of the benefits been? What have you seen by being more purposeful with your own time and effort on social media? Oh, I've had some great engagements. I've heard from people that I would never, ever have heard from. So one of the, um, the I put a post up earlier this year on, um, I was asked to be part of a International Women's Day campaign. And for a lot of reasons, I was uncomfortable doing it. I decided to do it, but I decided to do it because I thought that there'd be a lot of, for those people who can't see Obviously, they can't see us. I'm of Indian background and I didn't grow up seeing people like me or looked like me in the media. So when I posted this, I decided to do it and decided to post it because as a little girl, I would have loved seeing somebody who looked like me in a campaign like that. And But I put it out there with a message that said, actually, this was really uncomfortable for me. And um, it's not something I would ordinarily be drawn to, but if you're looking at this and it gives you hope that you are reflected here, then that's the purpose. And I think one of the, there was, I was inundated with messages from private messages, as you kind of were talking about before, people who weren't comfortable necessarily. There were messages, comments on the post itself, but there were people who weren't comfortable putting public comments on it, but sent me messages on LinkedIn. And um, my LinkedIn profile is set up so that anybody can message me. Um, And I got these incredible messages from people and then was able to engage in one-on-one conversations on a topic of diversity and inclusion that I am really passionate about, that these people felt was really important to them, but it provided a safe way for them to be part of the conversation. And um, and there are other examples, you know, in, a, lot, a lot of examples during International Women's Day, but examples during um, NADOC Week or Reconciliation Week where I've been able to elevate somebody else's post or somebody else's voice. One of um, the students I used to work with, an Indigenous student, wrote a fantastic article um, last year um, on gr- being black in Australia is, was the title of the article, and she wasn't comfortable posting it. She's a young 21-year-old Indigenous student, but it was extraordinary writing. And so I asked if I could post it and she said yes and that's led to other work and other things and I think that's that's the power of using, and my network's not massive, but using my network for the benefit of somebody else, amazing things happen and, you know, amazing people contact you and something will resonate with them. Um, and that to me is where the value, that's the beauty of social. It's a broader conversation than one that you and I could have, or you can introduce me to somebody. I can have that conversation. Social allows me to access an audience and a network that I might never access if it weren't for social. 
It's such a powerful story and I think importantly, it's not the only story. So what, what I don't want people to hear, as, as strong and as compelling as this is, and hopefully it is getting people to reflect and think about their own uh, choices and, and I suppose intentions with what they do online, but it's your experience. And I think every single person, it, we're not saying you need to replicate Shirley's story, it's that you will find your meaning, you will find your opportunities when you stop and take the time to, to really challenge yourself on how you use this. Trust me, the functionality the technical functionality is there to adapt these environments to suit your purpose once it's clear. That's not the issue. The issue is getting that clarity right up front. And, and something that you said before, Shell, that is just, again, for me, it's so powerful. You felt so uncomfortable doing that. It was something that you went, Ugh. <laughs> and again, you said before, people people can't see my face in, in response. I, I can see yours. And I know it's something that you really, uh, you know, grappled with. But what I love about that is if you take that discomfort and you say, yes, but my purpose here is about giving a voice to the voiceless. It is about, you know, people can't be what they can't see. What example am I going to set? by talking up on these issues? How am I going to enable and empower others? Even if it is a private message, as you say, that is their next first step. You, as a leader, you do not know the impact you're going to have. You do not know who is watching and listening. And you just don't know whether your message, even if you think it's a good message or not, is going to be the one thing that resonates and empowers someone to actually speak up and to be much more purposeful and empowered and confident themselves. And I think that is very much a, a risk worth taking to encourage others. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say, you know, I don't always get it right either. You know, you'll draft a post and you'll think, this is great, people, are, this is going to resonate so much with people and nobody will read it. And so, you know, I think it's a learning, it's an evolution about working out what works and what doesn't work. But I would just, my overarching message today is to say, there is a place for you on social. Like every single person listening, there is a place for you to feel comfortable and feel like you belong. But it takes some time and effort to work out what it is and how your own um, values and authenticity can line up with it. But it's worth the time. It's worth the investment. What would you say to people? What advice would you give to people who are on the fence and as you said, it's worth the time, it's worth the investment. They're sitting at that point right now and they're going, you know, they've heard you talk about the five-minute increments, which I think is a really sensible and very practical advice. If they're sitting on the fence right now, what can they do? What, who, who should they be, um, I don't know, examples they should be looking at? Should they be talking to peers? Should they be talking to their friends about their own experiences and learning from them? What are some really practical steps that, that leaders can take if they're on the fence? I think they can do all that. They can go and talk to people and they can have conversations. But I think when you are feeling excluded from something and feeling like it's not a place for you, actually it's quite daunting to go and have those conversations. It's daunting to put your hand up and say, actually, I don't understand. What do you suggest? So, But I think social is one of those things. You don't have to do that. You can actually sit in the comfort of your own home with nobody watching and dip your toe in and just start to be intentional in how you interact with it. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to um, like anything. You don't have to leave comments. But just start to read and see how other people are presenting themselves on social and 
file it all away. Like look at it, think yes or no or maybe and then file it away. And the more experience you give yourself of doing that, you will get to a point um, where you just know the things you don't like, you'll have a better idea of the things you do like and your confidence will uh, start to grow in what you want to interact with. And I just say that because of um, the way it all works, be intentional about who you follow and um, who you connect with because that also creates the type of feed you get and that creates the type of experience you have. Um, And so go and do some research on uh, a web browser about who is doing different things on social. You know, you can type in a few words in Google and it gives you long, long lists about um, CEOs that um, that have strong profiles or influencers or go and dip into those lists and have a look and start to formulate views about what you like and what resonates with you. Because ultimately, that's going to be different from what resonates to your friend who you talk to and everybody else. You've got to formulate that view yourself. I agree with all that. And, and the only thing I'd add to it is if you're, if you're not the leader listening and you're the communications advisor, for example, there's a lot of this stuff that you can do for your leaders. So all that listening that Shirley talked about and seeing who's out there and seeing what they're doing and I suppose immersing yourselves in the conversations and, and territories that you know your leader would like to play you can go and do that research for them. You can take that off their plate. Likewise, a lot of the, the feed changes and the, you know, the configuration of profiles, all that stuff. If your leader's really time poor, you can be a huge help um, in overcoming a major hurdle. And, and Cheryl, the other thing, we, we always love practical advice and tips. What about others that people could look to for inspiration? Are there people out there whose messages and approach have just really resonated with you that, that you could highlight today? I'm a real failure in that regard, Roger. There's nobody whose name I can give you. Um, I was thinking about it before we, I came on. I was thinking who's next. I knew you were going to ask me that question. Um, but there's nobody. I can give you lots of examples, which I won't do, of people I think that don't do it well and lots of examples of people that share, overshare, um, but that's not what um, I want to do. I did come across a social profile on um, the weekend, though. We were going to a restaurant and I looked up this uh, restaurant on Instagram and it's a um, a noodle restaurant, like just not a, you know, a five-star restaurant, just a noodle restaurant. And their Instagram feed was incredible. It was um, about, recon- there were posts about reconciliation and how we need to create some parity with our First Nations people. There were posts about their food. The founder was the mother and so there were posts about the mother and injecting some humanity and personality into it. Um, I'm happy to share the name of that restaurant if people want to go and have a look. Um, it's Eat Far. So Eat, I don't know, I've probably mispronounced it, so apologies to everybody I have offended. It is uh, Eat and then F-U-H on Instagram and there's one in Hong Kong, but the, it's the local branch. Um, and I just, I was really impressed for a chain of noodle restaurants, how thoughtful and intentional their social presence was on Instagram. I love it. And, and it's the most random example I could have expected you to provide. But what it is <laughs> and, and what it represents is the power of getting it right. 
And and I just think if you know that, that, that there's a brand example there, obviously, but from a leadership perspective, you you have a, an extra opportunity, I suppose, an extra advantage over any um, you know in this case a restaurant, but any brand or entity profile, you can create connection and and that human connection far more effectively than any you know bricks and mortar can. So there's an even greater advantage to you. And look, I'll, I'll help you out on this occasion, sure, because I did think you wouldn't have done your homework around examples, but <laughs> this is something that obviously we talk about quite a bit. And the thing I would say, if I can encourage other people, two examples, and they're, they're good examples for completely different reasons in terms of this idea of getting comfortable online. You've got someone who's sitting at the helm of a very large organization and has a global profile in Jesper Broden and, at Ikea. And I'd encourage people to go and have a look at him, not because you know, it's a story of rags to riches kind of thing, but because of the purpose that oozes out of every message that he shares. And I think that's really nice. And the other example, which is quite different, is a fellow called Roy Banks, who um, who's out of the US. And what I like about him, if you do go and Google him, as you were saying before, Shirl, or go and look up his social profiles, what you'll see is this is a person who not only has gone on that journey, but who documented that journey and who talked about his experience of feeling like this was a bit of a waste of time and what you know what was this whole social media thing about and if you read through his journey it's really compelling and really helpful I think for people who are trying to find that purpose and that clarity to get comfortable online. Shirley we, we could keep talking as you said for a long time um, I've found this incredibly insightful incredibly practical and I think importantly incredibly powerful and I knew that this was going to come from this conversation I hope that your words have really given other people the encouragement and the confidence to go out and give it a crack if nothing else and 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 if I can try and summarize what you were saying before which I think is important an important message to hear you started by talking about this idea of understanding the algorithm and how it works and how that influences not just how the platforms see us but also how others see us that knowledge is power So I would encourage leaders in any way, shape or form, learn what you can about how this world works because that power will give you comfort. That comfort will inspire action. And as you were saying right at the end there, just start listening, start reading and start learning. And if more leaders do that, we're going to see a lot more of the right kind of leadership, the the, the good, positive, encouraging leadership that we need to online. So thank you so much for that, you know, pearl of wisdom. Um, if people have feedback and encouragements from today's show, Cheryl, what's the best way to reach you? Yeah, reach me on LinkedIn. Wonderful. Keep it short and simple. Shirley Chowdhury on LinkedIn. Shirley, thank you so much for being part of the Your Digital Reputation podcast. Thanks, Roger. I always feel smarter after I've talked to you. <laughs> the feeling is mutual. Take care. Thanks again for listening. If you've learned something from today's conversation, please subscribe, leave a review and share it with others. For all show notes, head to propelgroup.com.au. Thanks again for listening.